Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I'm joined again by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. Sean, we are uh, recording this on Tuesday the 17th of March, which traditionally, uh, well, still is St. Patrick's Day, a big day for the Irish, a little bit different this year with um, everything that's going on around the world at the moment. So the first thing, obviously, to the listeners is uh, I hope everyone's safe and well out there. Um, we're not going to try and put a, a dampener on uh, the spirits. We're going to try and take your mind off the things that are going on in the world. So we're going to be talking a lot on today's show about free agency. And that has been particularly <laughs> crazy over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. So uh, as we record this on Tuesday, we'll be going through all the stuff that has happened already, maybe some of the stuff that hasn't yet happened, um, and that might uh, be happening over the next two or three days, and one of those names obviously being what happens with Tom Brady. But it's going to be a fun show, Sean, as we look kind of through the free agency, how that has affected some of the players' stock, um, how it's boosted some, maybe lowered others, and uh, lots of stuff to talk about. So looking forward to, to recapping uh, and kind of previewing the rest of free agency here on today's show. Definitely. It's always an exciting time when free agency starts and we get a bunch of trades as well. Sometimes the trades are even more exciting than the actual signings, but player movement. And it's not just the players themselves, but a lot of their teammates have their fantasy values significantly impacted by what goes on in these first 48 hours of free agency yeah and you mentioned there as well the trades i guess we'll just touch on that as well you know obviously it's free agency we weren't expecting the trades to go along with it um so that that really made the, the new cycle in the nfl uh kick into overdrive Um a lot of stuff happening that we probably didn't expect to happen and i would say over the last kind of four or five years that's where trades have really started to be utilized by by teams it was something that happened here and there very rarely but it, it almost is becoming not to the extent of a, a soccer transfer window that we have uh, you know in europe here in the transfer window between the leagues but it's becoming something like that where teams are starting to to see some opportunities there and i guess we'll we'll kick it off the first one if you're if you're <laughs> up in arizona and you see an opportunity like the opportunity that was presented to them with the houston texans uh, having the opportunity to get uh, deandre hopkins and a fourth round pick from the texans for david johnson and the second round pick um i i would be doing that every step of the way if i could sean i was uh shocked at this obviously uh, with all that's going on in the world my work has been extremely busy and a lot of changes over the last couple of days so this was one that i kind of missed live at the moment and i i seen it pop up on uh, one of my whatsapp groups and i, I kind of thought somebody's having a, a joke here uh, were you kind of as dumbfounded as me when this trade went through i think so i think everybody was this doesn't seem like a real trade right this if this happened in uh, one of your dynasty leagues, I'm all I, I don't I don't allow vetoes at all. But this is one that you would really be getting some people suggesting to veto it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, this seems like the really bad trade offer that you get in your fantasy league that you immediately reject and kind of subtly uh, suggest to the owner that you don't necessarily want to see a lot of trades of that ilk in the future. Now, that's not really true. We talk a lot on the show about how anytime you get a trade offer. You should use that. You should take the intelligence from that offer. You're trying to encourage as many trades as you can because sometimes someone will send you an offer like this, right? Where you get DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick for David Johnson, a second round pick. So 
in this situation right here, there are a lot of different things going on. I think it's it's very exciting, obviously, for the Arizona Cardinals because you get uh, likely the best current wide receiver in the entire NFL and a guy who is on a favorable contract. Now, you know, there's at least some scuttlebutt out there that part of the reason for this trade is that Hopkins was agitating for some more money. We'll see what happens with that in Arizona. But simply to get David Johnson and his contract off the books. Now, we're big fans of David Johnson here on the show. Certainly, we don't know how much of his season last year was injuries and how much simply was that he is done. Now, he scored pretty well as a fantasy player until the injury set in last year, but certainly didn't look like the explosive David Johnson of old. Now, simply looking at it from the Texans' perspective to start, they took Carlos Hyde, who has been one of the least efficient and arguably worst. Well, those aren't always the same thing, but arguably one of the worst running backs <laughs> in the NFL and turned him into a 1,000-yard rusher last season. Uh, gave him a lot of touches. I think that you know when you hear reports about the sideline blowups between Hopkins and Bill O'Brien, a coach that we obviously have questioned on the show a number of times, uh, the fact that they were using Carlos Hyde so much when they have players like DeAndre Hopkins, I think that that is probably the first sticking point there. But when you're looking at them acquiring David Johnson, you look at all the criticism of the trade, and then you look at what David Johnson can still do, which is as an elite pass catching back and a big back in that role. Certainly, you know, you've got some uh, potential other options there but it certainly seems like they now have to try and use david johnson to justify this trade so at least for david johnson owners i think this is also a dream scenario just like it is on the other side for arizona cardinals reality fans yeah well, i think for like if you are a david johnson owner there's no doubt this is going to boost the value um you know he's moving to a new situation and people are going to you know think off the possibilities that could happen there but the, the concern for me is just the you know, I, I I wish there was more fantasy owners in my leagues like uh, Bill O'Brien and the way he's running this team. If you look at some of the trades they've made over the last uh, couple of seasons, like this time last year, they had uh, Jadavion Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins on their rosters, two of the best players at those two positions in the NFL. Now they have neither, and he seems to be continuously stocking up on running backs because you mentioned Carlos Hyde. There was a Duke Johnson trade, uh, now David Johnson as well. So um, it's, it's a really unusual one. Um, I think that there's no doubt the Cardinals have got the better end of this. I think it's actually a very interesting move for DeAndre Hopkins as well. And you mentioned earlier in the show about how this boosts other players' values. Uh, I think it's it's obviously going to help Kyler Murray, probably the most out of anyone. Uh, the situation then with Kenyon Drake uh, and the tag that he has got. So it's going to give a boost to his value. I think very quickly this has turned the, the Cardinals from a team, obviously, last year we talked about the the new quarterback, you know, the rookie and the new rookie head coach and how things would go when they change their style of offense. It really, this could be a quick, quick way to to get them into a, a real switch around over. You know, we've seen teams make that change over a two or three year period and really push themselves into contention in their divisions. This is probably as big a move as you could make, and it's at probably the lowest value you could do it for. Um, you know, there was the Brock Osweiler trade a couple of years ago uh, to get him off the the books of the Texans and the Cleveland Browns give up the pick to basically take on his salary. And you mentioned David Johnson. I don't think the Cardinals can believe their luck to get that contract off the books as well. Um, but I really think it's going to be interesting. Like, is there two wide receivers in the NFL with better hands than than Hopkins and Fitzgerald? And um, I just think there's there's so much potential here now for this offense in 2020. I'm, I'm excited to see where it does go. Um, just a very very unusual move, I guess. We look at it then from 
the Texans' point of view, obviously David Johnson, you've touched on how he could, um, you know, have a boost in value here in terms of uh, dynasty. And we we have been big fans. Um, it's hard to really tell though, as you mentioned, how that body is holding up, and if there can be a bounce back. Obviously, uh, the Texans must uh, think there can be if they're, if they're making this move. But when we look at it, Sam Wallace set up a very interesting piece in the site, and I'm going to let you take the floor on it because I have time and time again saying that Will Fuller is kind of my Achilles heel uh, nearly on every roster so I don't want to get my hopes up but how do you see this in terms of the wide receiver position and even Deshaun Watson how does it affect his value I think like Deshaun Watson's bound to be very unhappy that this move has occurred but where do you think things shake out for Will Fuller like I, I never think he can be that 1A wide receiver he can never tend to stay healthy for long enough either which is his main problem how do you see this offense kind of shaping up uh, moving forward here in, in 2020 at the wide receiver uh, position? Well, Will Fuller has been the most difficult receiver to cover in football. Uh, certainly not the best receiver. Again, a couple of different things there. And how much of that you always wonder is DeAndre Hopkins, who potentially is the best receiver. You look at the target shares from last season and DeAndre Hopkins was at 31%, which is up there toward the top of the NFL. That just opens up so many targets for their players targeted 150 times last year caught more than 100 passes obviously goes for over a thousand yards and fuller 21 percent target share now that's in the games that he played and so there's room to grow there i don't know that that many people would realize that fuller actually was fairly heavily targeted in addition to being a deep ball threat so the question for him is really can he stay healthy he's going to get a real opportunity here to to be the guy now the other thing that texans did is they immediately come through and they try and soak up some of those targets with randall cobb but randall cobb is no longer a player that you can really rely on for that type of production i think the fact that they have cobb as opposed to making some sort of secondary move or using a lot of the draft value at wide receiver you would still expect them to make some moves there but this is also a good deal i think for kenny stills whom i would expect to be better than cobb in this offense a little bit of an underrated player there you mentioned deshaun watson and what he has to think we've talked a lot before about that big second year leap that we get from quarterbacks and in the debate uh whether you're talking about simply how long you should wait and where you should pick in one quarterback leaves or best ball leagues or if you're talking about super flex where the quarterback market is actually very robust and people bidding uh big big numbers i was looking at a dispersal draft this last week in one of my kitchen sink leagues where deshaun watson went for more than half of the total budget now you know that league wasn't overly stocked with other dominant players but you know, it, it takes him from being this guy who could theoretically challenge players like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Lamar Jackson, and does probably knock him down a notch or two. And I think that brings Kyler Murray into that three spot. You mentioned the Cardinals and how they're on the rise. This is a team that finished relatively well and did so within a division that is brutal, right? You have the Super Bowl runners up there with the 49ers you have the previous super bowl uh contender with the rams you certainly have a seahawks team that's always in the mix with russell wilson and the cardinals needed to finish strong in order to demonstrate that this offense that they want to run can work there's so much pressure on you anytime you try something a little bit different to have a solid season have kyler murray look okay 
to know all the stresses there are on a rookie quarterback and what you can expect in the future. But then to get someone like this to really, I think, justify and galvanize sort of what they're doing there, it removes a lot of the questions. They drafted the rookies last year. They didn't pan out. Certainly those guys are going to lose even more dynasty value. It probably takes them out of the running to pick CD Lamb at the beginning of this year's draft. But, you know, I think you never know here because we could be looking at the Cardinals trying to put together sort of the ultimate scorched earth offense, scoring huge numbers of points. And I think that innovation is exciting. And anytime that innovation is then filled out with elite players, you get to see what it would look like if you have some studs in there. And I think that uh, from a Arizona Cardinals perspective, both in fantasy and in reality, you couldn't get anything more exciting here. And, uh, you know, more frustration for Texan fans, but... This is something where the Texans were always so frustrated. I think for NFL fans in general, outside of Houston, this is a fun trade because it potentially gives us another team that's going to do a lot of uh, different types of things, challenge people, uh, really push the envelope in terms of NFL scheme. And, and that's what's made the league a lot of fun in the last several seasons. With currently no NBA, NHL or college basketball, you might think there is nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. BetOnline.ag still has hundreds of places to wager, from their online casino to poker and blackjack, all open 24 hours a day and all online. Sports aren't totally done. There's a mix of martial arts, esports, and much, much more, all available on the website. If you're into entertainment, you can still bet an American Idol, the elections, the spelling bee, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Be sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE if you're ready to receive a 50% sign-up bonus on your first deposit once again that code is blue wire bet online your new ticket to online action so sean as we run through some more of the the free agency stuff that happened it's looking at the sheet here that we're gonna to have to skip over some of it i would imagine is, is that much happened but when we look at the value you want to get for a, a star wide receiver uh, let's look at what the minnesota vikings did as they acquired uh, or they they traded away stefan diggs to the buffalo bills uh, for quite a chunk of change compared to the first one they got a 2021st a 2025th the 2026th and a 2021st fourth round pick um going with stefan diggs in the 2027th uh, going the other way this is more like uh, the kind of value that i think the texans should have got um i think that this is a pretty fair trade when all things are considered we talked about how it affects people's value i'm interested to see what you think because obviously stefan diggs has been a road of his favorite for a long long time i think it's a very good move like i think he's clearly going in there to be the the number one wide receiver i'm also a big john brown fan but i think the tandem together works perfectly because they're both wide receivers who can work underneath they can also go deep and it's gonna be very very hard to cover both those guys and josh allen then throwing the ball deep or scrambling and creating opportunities I think this is a big time move for the the Bills, who um, become a very very intriguing offense after this this change uh, occurs. Um, wh- what have you thought? Does it bump up the stock of a, a couple of the Bills players, or is it really uh, the quarterback and then and then Stephon Diggs? This is a tricky one, I think, because you look at what Diggs can do, and he's been used in a variety of different roles with the Vikings and excels in all of them. In 2018, he was the wide receiver 10, right? And he did that because he had 149 targets, and a whopping 74 of those came within five yards of the line of scrimmage. He turned those directly into PPR points with 60 receptions. And, you know, it's easy to focus on the value of deeper targets in fantasy. But those underneath targets are also huge in terms of giving you that floor, giving you that overall total volume. This most recent season, Diggs was targeted, you know, only 
20 times in that short area. So you lose this huge number of targets. His overall target share dropped from 26% uh, to 22%. And that was despite Adam Thielen obviously being gone and being limited. And all of that, I think, contributed to his frustration, obviously, with the quarterback, with the offense. And that's despite the fact that he finished number four in fantasy points over expectation last year. And a lot of that because he was being used deep. We talked a little bit about the air yard share and Stefan Diggs led the NFL by a wide margin in this area. The rest of the list with the exception of John Brown is sort of a who's who of superstars. And so I think this is kind of the interesting question with Diggs and that offense is you've got Cole Beasley underneath with those targets. You've got John Brown deep with those targets and Diggs now is a, a threat to both of them. We don't know how they're going to incorporate him in exactly how they're going to use him, but we do know based on this trade that he's going to be the number one guy i think that can't help but hurt those other players and then the question i think really boils down to the quarterback play because although he gets out of minnesota and no longer has to deal with the the low volume offense there he goes to a bills team where josh allen struggles to complete passes and another team that is not high volume in terms of the passing offense so he gets to be the number one he gets to be on a team that wants him he gets to be on an ascending offense and certainly we could see them take a jump but i think that if you were a Dicks fan and you knew for sure he was going to get traded this might be one of the last places you were really rooting for is that the way you see this or are you expecting this bill's offense to be an exciting juggernaut you know really fun offense for 2020 that now with a piece like this because what they did last year becoming a playoff team Allen taking a little bit of step forward that was really with Allen surrounded just completely by role players does giving him a star now give him a chance to take the next step I think so because when you look at uh, just look at you know the team in general you mentioned the players they had last year like Cole Beasley is a third wide receiver he's not a number two John Brown as much as I love John Brown is a number two uh, fits in there better and then Stefan Diggs for me is a number one um, so I think it makes this offense far more well-rounded I think all three of those players can work very well together I think something there that you've had on is you know the lack of use within the five yard line or uh, five yards of the line of scrimmage uh, for Diggs last year I think it's somewhere where they're probably looking to use him John Brown and Cole Beasley and that option where they're Cole Beasley is never going to really get him behind but the other two guys have that option so they can put strains on defenses and allow Josh Allen as well to make those short passes those screen passes sometimes he might even struggle to complete those but it does give does give that option he is a young wide receiver or quarterback who made that step forward in year two so I think there's another jump for him to make there and I think it's a really smart decision from the bills to to try and surround them with that talent you know there's some of these teams are are making the same very very similar situation i think to the cardinals in terms of trying to surround that young quarterback with really uh, talented uh, playmakers and obviously we've talked on the show um, about the rookie running back they had last year in devon singletary i think it's another another nice move so I, I think the bills could be very interesting you have to start to think now with brady ready to leave new england these teams have to be starting to think you know there's a chance here that we can really push on over the next two or three years so i think it's a smart move by the bills whether that leads to consistent fantasy production i don't know um that's that's the part i think you were leading that that can be very hard to decipher but I can certainly say at the moment, uh, Diggs and Brown and Josh Allen and 
and Singletary are all going to be people who I have targets for uh, in, in my draft. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it shuffles in ADP now moving forward and how things are affected there. So mightn't be the best situation for Diggs, but if we look back to early in the season, last season, Diggs just wasn't really getting used at all. So I think it, you know, it mightn't look on paper like a better situation, but I, I think uh, realistically uh, it's probably a better situation for Diggs um, overall. Talking to wide receivers who who got those deals done, uh, Amari Cooper getting a big deal uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, a five year, one hundred million dollar contract. Uh, you know, re- really, really big money. Um, there was other teams apparently interested, including the Washington Redskins, but with the the franchise tag going to Dak Prescott, with how Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott worked after that trade last year, I think it's a smart signing by the Cowboys, and I think it's uh, you know just just reiterates how good of a wide receiver cooper is he, he, he kind of was, I, I still feel that he was severely misused uh in his time in oakland after kind of his, his second year in the league but uh no real surprises here sean that the deal got done and uh, i think it, it pretty much remains what we thought previous of cooper before the the trade um or before the before the contract was signed there's probably not much else we need to add other than amari cooper is a very good wide receiver Right. And you mentioned that Diggs was, uh, I think, largely responsible for the new extension that Cousins signed. He may be uh, a little bit disappointed going forward that he no longer has that receiver that he wouldn't pepper with a few more targets. Uh, Similar situation with the Cowboys, Amari Cooper. in large part responsible for whatever contract that Dak Prescott ends up with, certainly the franchise tag that he has right now, a very justified amount of money for him. And this staying with the Cowboys, I think is a big deal. We all assumed that it would happen. So I don't think it really changes where he's going to go in drafts or where he's going to be ranked. But if he had departed, there certainly are some locations like Washington that would have been far worse and could have knocked him back down to that Oakland Raiders level you mentioned with the bills and the ascent that they appear to be on and that coupled with the departure of tom brady so tom brady has announced that he is not going to return to the patriots do you have a favorite landing spot for him and or do you have a guy you would like to see in new england tyler lochner wrote a fantastic article for the site talking about brady's best fantasy landing spots he picked the bucks and the chargers both of whom still appear to be in the mix we're not 100 percent sure obviously the bucks are going all out the chargers are maybe a little bit more of a dark horse but definitely still in it uh, as we record this moment uh do you have a preference there both of those teams appear to be loaded with weapons they look to be the two teams that the majority of the talk is as i mentioned recording this on the, the 17th um you know i i think it's just gonna be interesting fascinating to see where he ends up based on you know realistically a lot of people thought that eventually would return to the patriots and and now obviously that isn't happening i think you know in terms of players where i would like to see him probably end up in terms of fantasy value for the players around him i think the Chargers would be very interesting because you would have austin eckler who's that kind of danny woodhead james white running back you know out of the backfield and then you would have keenan allen who is that you know first down machine so you have two players there you have hunter henry who could you know phase into that kind of robin kowski kind of role so i think it would just be interesting you know boost to the chargers brand and everything um you know 
in 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 LA. I'm still thinking of San Diego. I think it would just be a very interesting uh, kind of experience to do it that way. Um, the Buccaneers, you know, I think it would probably be a downgrade to both wide receivers in terms of uh, Godwin and Evans if uh, Brady ends up there. Uh, I don't know if you'd agree with that, but I think you know for fantasy purposes, I think uh, the Chargers are the team that we would benefit from all around for the the skill positions on that team. Would you agree with that, um, or do you think that's that's not true? Like, I think if he goes to the box, um, the the deep ball is just not not quite what it once was with with Brady, and I, I think that would affect both of those guys. I think that's true. At the same time, he would have more deep ball options. We'd be able to tell uh, how much was him and how much was the Patriots' offense and how much was the Patriots' talent, which is going to be one of these interesting questions as we see what New England does going forward. I have to admit to a little bit of uh, self-interest here in that i would like to see brady go to the bucks i think they do have the better weapons i think that they have the more aggressive coach as someone who has a lot of brady and Superflex, those numbers actually are pretty important even just for him not just how he affects the rest of the players around him we did see kurt warner have some success with bruce arians when his arm was completely shot so i think even though uh, we won't have the bombs away offense with the buccaneers that we had last season it could still be a very interesting team here another little selfish note would be that for all of the ronald jones fans out there i think if they sign tom brady to a big contract that knocks down their competitiveness in all likelihood for some of the running backs who might be out there and so you know we might get a little bit less competition for him and with brady might have this offense now that is a little bit more balanced and can really get him going jones remains one of those players who could be a big breakout in 2020 or could end up as a backup and then swiftly out of the league so even for someone who's played a couple seasons very wide range of outcomes there for the Patriots, another guy that I own a lot in Superflex who's been connected to them and I think would be really interesting to finally see again how much is him and how much is the Cincinnati Bengals would be an Andy Dalton moving to the Patriots and then kind of assuming that they're going to make some moves to try and groom some quarterbacks for the future. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think that makes absolute sense. Uh, that has been reported about possibility of Dalton. I think that would be a make logical sense and then as you mentioned get the the quarterback in there and the the drafter groom a quarterback to see how they get on uh, makes a lot of sense i i just can't uh, first day opening day of the season and and brady in that red uh tampa bay uniform would be one of those kind of i think it would be uh take take a little while to get adjusted to that but it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see over the next couple of days possibly uh where he where he ends up signing uh some other news related to that obviously there was rumors of him possibly with the tampa bay uh, or sorry with the Tennessee Titans uh, Ryan Tannehill got the money there uh, four year 118 million dollar contract with 62 million guaranteed so that's basically the first two years that did guaranteed but a, a bumper contract there for for Tannehill um, and that, that's um, you know suppose let's let's see what happens and what what Brady can get but Tannehill getting a huge deal based on how he finished that second half of the season other quarterbacks that are you know making adjustments to their bank accounts is uh, Drew Brees signed a two-year 50 million dollar contract Teddy Bridgewater who was with the Saints uh, now uh, looks to be on his way to the, the Panthers as we record this one uh, three-year 60 million have been reported in that one Cam Newton as a result has been 
given notice that he can seek a trade so we could see him in somewhere like uh maybe chicago there'd be some interesting maneuvers happening here i, I don't think we've ever seen sean as much quarterback moving um over a short period of time but out of those that i've mentioned there is there any that you think uh, are particularly interesting uh, happy with some of those spots uh, or you know disappointed in some of them what any, any takeaways from those couple of guys well, it certainly shows the value that just being in the right offense for you can sometimes make. Ryan Tannehill was not a particularly good quarterback in Miami. And then last year, he jumps in there with the Titans. Uh, their total points for doubled when he was in there. Their points per drive jumped by over one, which is a, a huge amount on a per drive basis. The yards per attempt for their team jumped by over two. And so I think this is not a surprising signing. I think the dollars are more than you might guess. One of the things here with all of the quarterbacks available and all the quarterbacks moving around, you have people like Andy Dalton who are going to be available, Cam Newton, uh, certainly a very big health risk, but also a potential Super Bowl type of quarterback available. To see players like Teddy Bridgewater and like Ryan Tannehill getting this much money, I think, is a little bit of a surprise because the opportunity here to have a little bit of an exploitable situation where you actually don't pay that much for quarterback and can put those resources into some other positions and try and build out that way. You know, once you pay for Tannehill, once you paid for Bridgewater, then they immediately, I think, have negative trade value, which shows uh, perhaps the element of overpay. Certainly the Patriots and Tom Brady moving on, I think they're not going to get caught up in that. And so one of the things that will allow them to continue to dominate even with a different quarterback here. Certainly Drew Brees signing a little bit of a bargain deal. And so the Saints actually benefit from all of this as well. Uh, when you're looking at Bridgewater to the Panthers, you know we have the same sort of questions that we have with Tannehill, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown had the monster rookie season, uh, didn't look as good in the playoffs. And he's now attached to a quarterback for at least the near future who is still probably a below average NFL quarterback. You look at guys like DJ Moore, certainly uh, I would expect Christian McCaffrey to, to thrive either way, but Teddy Bridgewater now, uh, there with DJ Moore and Moore is attached to probably a below average quarterback for the near future. Do you have any questions about either of those players as we go forward we talked on the show last week that they are going for big time dollars uh in auctions certainly going early in startup drafts i don't really because i've always um thought that teddy bridgewater was an uh, above average quarterback in the league in terms of like if you're saying between him and, and cam who's gonna have the the most accurate you know you know deep passes or intermediate passes i don't think there's a huge difference and it's possible that teddy bridgewater might actually be a bit more accurate so you know i think it's pretty much a wash or, or very similar and you know we've seen when bridgewater was in uh you know covering for drew Brees. you know a lot of it was game related and you know there was a lot of shorter passes or intermediate passes involved in that um i think it's going to be very similar situation like if you look at who they dealt with last year in terms of kyle, kyle allen 
uh, and the other quarterbacks that were mixed in there I, I think it's going to be an upgrade this season based on what they had last season so I, I'm not overly concerned about about either of those guys um so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting but I, I'm not I'm not concerned I, I would still happily have those guys on my rosters it, it didn't really cause me a huge amount of of pause between them but free agency as we mentioned a real interesting couple of days I'm sure there's gonna be a couple of interesting days coming up here as we get uh, ready then to see how things shake out for the NFL draft but with that it's going to do it for today's edition of the show we will have another one later this week um so i hope you've enjoyed this one make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast device today's show brought to you by betonline.ag and until we're back with another one my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as always sean can find all his great work sean siegel up on rotoviz.com and until then have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.